Hello and welcome to Have a Cuppa and Must with me, Helena Mitchell. This podcast is all about uh, beating the stigma around invisible illnesses. Now, last week you heard me introducing the podcast and telling you a little bit about my personal background, uh, my invisible illnesses, my conditions with lupus, etc. And today I have got a very special guest for you. I will let her uh, introduce herself in a second, but for now... Her name is Alexia. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Alexia Kombu, and I'm a voiceover artist. And I was diagnosed with colitis back in 2011, um, which is also an invisible illness. It's part of the Crohn's family, and um, it's an irritable bowel disease, basically. Um, I can relate to Helena in so many ways um, in terms of her trying to beat the stigma um it's very difficult when you can't see an illness um and it does affect you in many different ways that people wouldn't really understand in terms of um energy levels and fatigue and that sort of thing which then just has can have a knock-on effect on your business so we've got our work in common which is that we're both voiceover artists so (laughs) i i'm really interested in chatting to her more and sort of finding out a little bit more about about helena yourself as well Cool, thank you. So, so in terms of the actual condition, uh, is it something? Because um, it's something that I'm not familiar with. Is it something that you have had since you were born, or is it something that you developed? How how did that come about? So, I was I developed it. I was diagnosed in 2011, um, and they don't know what happened. It's an autoimmune disease, so it's basically my body attacking itself. Um, The doctors seem to think that maybe I had a virus or I was fighting something. I had glandular fever a few years before, and they thought that might have completely shot my immune system. So um, over the next few years, um, I guess my body was vulnerable. And um, I was having symptoms that were quite worrying, so followed them up and ended up being diagnosed with colitis. But because I left it so long, I was also diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis, which is where the body starts to reject the liver. Um, Mm. Colitis is to do with the colon, um, where it's just basically full of ulcers um, and all pretty much under control now. So I guess I'm quite lucky in that sense. And you're young yourself, so in terms of, uh, I mean, do you mind sharing how old you were in, in 2011 when you first kind of discovered it? Where were you at when it when you found it out and, and what sort of, um, I guess, what sort of thoughts, emotions and feelings were going through your mind during that time? Yeah, so I was 19 when I was diagnosed um, and I was angry because I felt like I didn't abuse my body in any way in terms of drugs and alcohol and I was healthy and I ate all the right foods. So why why is this happening to me? I do everything mm. to look after my body and, and it's it's attacking myself, it's, it's failing me. So there was a lot of anger. Um, I don't know about you, but I initially, maybe because of my age, I at that point, I didn't really research it much because I didn't want yeah. to believe it. Um, and I didn't want to dive deeper to, to you know, know what could happen in a way. Mm. Ignorance is bliss. Um, and it's not until like, like recently that I've really plucked up the courage to really find out a lot about it and realise at that point it was really serious. So 
yeah, I'd say a lot of anger. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, I was kind of very, uh, when I first sort of found out, I was actually 21, so it was a bit more recent for me. And yeah. I um, I very much went through a phase where I was going, I've just graduated from drama school. I'm at the, you know, the, the peak of life as far as I was concerned. Yeah. I was loving life. I'd moved to London. I was living my job as an actor and I was living the life that I dreamed for so long of doing especially coming from Gloucestershire to moving you know I grew up on a 900 acre farm to then find wow. myself in the big city I was like yes you know as far as I was concerned I'd made it um obviously I hadn't made it <laughs> but um I felt like I had so I very much I don't know about you but I very much ignored it in a sense mm. I didn't really ignore the symptoms but I um I didn't share it with anyone not even my yeah. family what about you did you did you share with any of your close friends or family or, or anything like that so in a similar position to you I was in my last year of uni mm. and um I was so focused on just getting that grade and finishing up that I ignored it and I knew there was something right you just know when your body doesn't feel right yeah but I was pushing it to the side wasn't telling my parents because I knew that they would make me go to the hospital do something yeah, about it yeah. and yeah I just had this oh it'll go away but it just wasn't and it was getting worse and then once I finished my uni degree um so this I was first getting symptoms in January I left it till June to um actually wow. sort myself out and and by doing that I then caused myself more harm yeah. so in a way I've learned the lesson which, yeah, you know, listen yeah. to your body, I guess. Exactly. And it, and in it. terms of those symptoms, uh, what what sort of symptoms are they? I mean, what sort of symptoms should people be looking out for? And and uh, you know, because a part of this podcast is about raising the awareness of the different invisible illnesses out there. One to normalize the terms used and and to not make it so fearful as such, um, or to make us seem so different. Um, yeah. and, and two, to just spread the awareness. So so what sort of things um, were you feeling? What sort of symptoms? And are they the same for everyone? So I I can only say what what I felt. I don't know. I think it's quite an individual right. uh, thing, depending on how your body reacts to it. Um, although there are some general symptoms which are mainly sort of toilet based um yeah <laughs> don't know how deep we want to go into this but um, we can skim over those <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know what like the standard just things not being right and yeah. um and you know feeling bloated and and really tired and losing weight without trying to right um the main thing that i do want to say is if you ever see like blood in the toilet then that's when you you need to go there and then to A&E. Right. Because by then, it's almost like, for me anyway, it was too late, it's happened. Um, right, whereas okay. I'm sure you can prevent it from getting that bad. I mean, talking so, on um, that, can you prevent it? Is 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 your condition something that you, you can prevent? Or is it something that um, you can't necessarily prevent, but you can control? And also, in terms of looking forward as well, is it something that, um, you know, like mine, you can't ever get rid of it, but you can manage it? Is it something like that? Yeah, it's exactly the same. So you can't stop yourself from ever getting it it's just whether the body decides as it's autoimmune the body decides whether or not it's gonna happen um mm. but you can control it through medication through steroids um they they like to 
describe it as a flame that's constantly in your belly, like a fire in your belly. Right. And the, the medication is like a constant hose. So um, it's always under control. Uh, I'm sure, well, when, once you hit the 10 mark, which for me is next year, 10 year mark, which for me is next mm. year, um, they discuss trying to taper you off the medication if you haven't had any problems for those 10 years. Okay. So, um, but that's the worry because it's, you don't know whether it's the medication that's keeping you okay or whether it's gone. So it is a risk. And right now, does that give you, you know, you're, you're one year away from that. Just yeah. how does that sit within you? You've got a very successful voiceover business. You know, you've really established yourself. Uh, are you, are you uh, excited for that? Because I presume you're on medication now. Are you excited yeah. for that? Or, or are you fearful that it may disrupt it and disrupt your I'm, life? I'm more fearful in terms of not so much for business, but for family. Mm. For example, you know, wanting to start a family and that sort of thing. It's they they say you can't do things like breastfeed and that sort of thing when you're on right. the medication. Um, but you also don't want to start a family when you're vulnerable, which would mm. I would be more vulnerable not on the medication. But then at the same time, do you want to be on the medication when? you are pregnant sort of thing yeah so it's this catch-22 I think it's a very personal decision um but it is stress it is a stressful thing I wouldn't say I'm excited I'd, I'd, yeah. I'm more nervous and confused and did you have a choice when you first uh, got diagnosed and everything did you have a choice of whether to go on the medication or not was it one of those things I know some people um um literally get a choice whether they want to go on it or not but it's obviously advised that they do is that something that you had a choice of or was it, no, you have to go on it? I had no choice. I was right. just told this is what you have and this is what you need in order to be okay. Um, mm. I was then in, given um, hydrocortisone intravenously um, wow. and basically given my medication and said this is what you need to take. If you don't, you could be seriously, seriously ill. Um, it's, yeah, there was no choice in the matter, which... I understand why, but being 19, I was just sort of like, give me what I need. I just want to get out of here sort of thing. Okay. So you yeah. were quite sort of accepting of it and, and just very sort of, okay, I trust you, just just do it. I want this to stop. Yeah, and I think that came from not really understanding it and not knowing how serious mm. it was um, and thinking I'll deal with this when I'm at home. I just wanted to get out of hospital. I didn't want them right. to keep me in, but um, I knew they had to for a few days, so... Yeah, I just thought let's get through that and then sort of deal with it when yeah. when I'm out. In terms of um, the now then, that's very much sort of obviously the beginning of, of, of your journey and everything. In terms of the now and, and sort of more recently, obviously um, there's got to be some sort of vulnerability there with your being an autoimmune condition like me. You, I presume your immunity's a lot lower. Is that is that correct? Oh, yeah. So I'm on immunosuppressants. And right. Throughout this whole COVID situation, it, it did affect me mentally in terms of being put into that category of, of vulnerable and um, feeling like you are a diff you 
what could happen to you could be so terrible compared to the average person who doesn't have any underlying conditions mm. made me so fearful of covid um and how's that affected and, you mentally has that given i know for me for example it has given me my anxiety levels have gone through the roof this year yeah. just purely from going do i listen to the government guidelines or do i do my own thing am i missing out socially am i but is that a good thing i you know oh yeah. So That's where do you thing. sit with that? So, I mean, your doctors and consultants, I find anyway, they, they will only ever tell you to follow government guidelines because obviously they can't be held mm. responsible for anything that happens to you, um, which I find is really unhelpful because I just want someone to be honest. I, I, I get that no one really knows, yeah. but I feel like I, w I shielded for three months and now I am using my initiative. I will yeah. not lock myself away anymore. Um, I have been going out as much as I can and doing what I feel is safe. But yeah, mentally, I've developed health anxiety. Every few yeah. weeks, there's something new that I'm worried about that's happening to me. And and, and um, I've seen was... from your social media that, you know, you have a really great um, sort of uh, routines, um, yeah. like your herbal teas and your, your journaling and things like that. Do you, do you mind sharing that with people? Because I, I feel like that could be some really great tips for people yeah. who are maybe struggling with the anxiety especially after this year of little things that have helped you yeah definitely um so I'm a morning person I always like to get up really early and um light a candle have a have a herbal tea and just ease myself into the day um mm. and I love to read non-fiction books books that are going to help me progress in terms of business or mm. mindset um that really helps to get me in the zone and then I keep a journal um just sort of jotting down how I feel today how I want the day to go um and just practicing gratitude um that's I just try to keep calm and rationalize things but I do feel that the routine has sort of changed throughout lockdown and I'm 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 get I'm back to it now but I went through yeah. a phase where I completely lost that and I just didn't feel like me so yeah. that just goes to show how important routine is in in your your inner inner self and how you come across and in business and just in your personal life and i guess probably more so now with covid and everything obviously if we do end up going into a second lockdown we're almost you know in some sense it'll be easier because we've we know we've survived it before we know we can do it but it's also that anxiety of is it going to be worse this time because we've kind of been away and 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 now gone out a bit and now back in again um so I guess yeah. you're right you know that sort of but I guess you know it's probably about finding what works for you personally and exactly. and and what you enjoy you know whether that's taking the dog for a walk or um playing with your kids or watching a bit of tv having a bath whatever it is finding those little things that really work and then like you said making sure you dedicate time each day to doing that yeah yeah and um I, that's why I find like numbering my day, like um, numbering my day in terms of what I've got laid out for the day, um, setting that all out at the beginning of the day helps me stick to that. Um, mm. If I don't allocate it and schedule it in, then it's unlikely it's going to get done because then there's always something to get distracted by and something yes. else to do that's more important. So just holding yourself accountable, mm. I find really helps as well. Do you find as well that you ever feel lonely 
with this condition? Do you ever feel alone? I mean, do you have support groups available? Um, I, I know for me, I've got um, Lupus UK, the charity, have got a great network of, of fundraising, but also of support available via sort of WhatsApp groups and things like that, um, which has been a big, big help for me during this kind of COVID time. Do you have anything similar to that? Um, and, and even if you do, do you still feel lonely at times? Um, I mean, we have something similar to the lupus group. It's called Crohn's, Crohn's and Colitis UK. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't feel lonely because I know I have the support of my hospital and the nurses there, right. um, which I can call up and speak to whenever I need. In terms of knowing many people with it, it's now more than ever, there's more and more people coming to me saying that, oh, they think they might have colitis and what symptoms did I have and if I think they have it. So I do feel like it's it is around a lot more. Mm. So I wouldn't say I feel lonely. I actually feel like I'm part of this weird community in a way. Um, yeah. It's, so it almost it's strange, brings you comfort in a yeah. sense. Yeah. I don't feel alone with it. No. That's so good. And in terms of, because I could go on, I, I could go on and on and on. I find this so fascinating and you're such an interesting lady to talk to and I could just talk to you forever about so many different oh, things um but you really do you know from from my point of view you very much um as a fellow voiceover artist um you know I know that people listening maybe aren't familiar with that world or aren't really in that world so I won't talk about it too much but you know it, it is about finding uh, people like yourself that I can sort of relate to and connect to in terms of the in invisible illness side but also sort of look up to in terms of uh, as a fellow voiceover artist you know I kind of look up to you and it gives you that motivation and I guess that's where social media is actually a really great platform for for sharing and connecting with people because if it wasn't for the voiceover um, I probably wouldn't have connected with you via Instagram and we wouldn't have then got talking and if I hadn't shared about my lupus and the podcast and the vlog on my on my socials you know you may never have, have got in touch with me about that because you wouldn't know um, yeah, exactly. so do, what what's your thoughts and feelings on social media and and kind of being transparent and um and open and honest about about it all in in terms of trying to then normalize the words normalize the conditions and uh beat the stigma I think it's so important to be open about it. I understand that it can be quite difficult too because you feel that you might be judged or or just not understood, misunderstood. And in terms of getting the word out there and just sharing it as in part of you, part of your normal mm. life and raising awareness, it just, like you said, it normalises it. It makes it okay to talk about it. And... Um, and helps you as well to sort of to get it off your chest and and I guess then people might might be suffering too in silence and then you're helping them to come out of their shell and, and talk about it so yeah I I think it's amazing what you're doing um because I mean I like you said I would have had no idea that you were suffering if you didn't share mm. it so there's I so guess that's the whole point that. of invisible illnesses as well is that that's the whole point from the outside no one knows no one can tell so you know it is and especially with instagram for example being so much of a 
the highlights of people life of people's lives and and the best bits and the best photos and stuff like that it, it really does provide a mask for people like us to be able to hide behind which in one sense is great and so comforting but I think that's where I really had to have a chat with myself and say no like come on be honest be real otherwise you know it's just going to make it worse for myself and for other people like me and stuff so I think you know it's really important that even if you don't feel comfortable or able to share uh, on on social media I understand that is quite a big step and and trust me I was terrified and still am yeah. uh, about it it's maybe about sharing with friends and family people that you trust um, and yes there will be people unfortunately there will be friends that don't understand and there will be friends that um, that you may feel like you lose or, or, or become distant from you but that's okay because you don't really want those sort of people surrounding you in your life anyway exactly um so it's about being brave but knowing that you're not alone and I know for one that if anyone is struggling even if I don't have your condition or understand please do reach out to me and talk to me via Instagram or Facebook Twitter whatever it is um but finally, is there anything that you kind of want to say or or, or share regarding your particular condition, um, any sort of links or, or anything like that? Um, I would say if you are worried about colitis, then head to the Crohn's and Colitis page and um, there's so much information mm. on there. Um, I'm personally with the Royal Free Hospital in London and they have a really, really good department um, with specialist IBD nurses. Um, and... Yeah, I just totally agree with you. If anyone ever feels that they need to chat, then my Instagram is um, alexiacombu underscore voiceover. And um, I'm happy to answer any questions on it. And yeah, beat the stigma. Fab, thank you so much for your time. I know I went way over what I said that we would, but I, I think that everyone listening can probably agree. It's just really interesting and I could definitely talk to you for a very long time about this and maybe hopefully oh. get you back in the future and talk to you a bit more about it. Hopefully after COVID has yeah. decided to disappear. <laughs> <I hope laughs> Fab, so. thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.